the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. Just go to Apple Podcasts and you can uh, check it out there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Uh, hope everything's going well for you and your family. Good program for you today. Really interesting top stories. Some economic data. We heard from um, the uh, Fed chairman a couple times this week. And also, we're just going to be talking about the importance, kind of the, uh, the some of the bullet points, if you will, the main points when it comes to financial and retirement plans and their importance, especially in this type of climate. That's where they really, um, really show their value. Uh, so we'll be uh, sharing that with you in just a little bit. Well, I mean, inflation continues to be uh, a, a massive story. We see it uh, everywhere, uh, no matter what category, um, what poll you look at, what conversation you have with people, um, unless they're purposely putting their head in the sand, acting like it's not a big deal because of their embarrassment um, for who they back in in the political arena, um, then, like I said, it's definitely the talk of the town. So one of the things that's going on right now, obviously, is our um, oil and gas, natural gas, you know, the, the exploration, uh, the development, the harvesting of that uh, has been uh, really just uh, brought to um, I guess not a standstill, of course, but I mean, half of what we could and should expect, but uh, that's just not the case with this administration. So, you know, we look and see, okay, well, what's been happening? Well, we know that, unfortunately, we were buying uh, millions of barrels of oil from Russia, which is just stupid and insane, but we were. And then, of course, we decided to uh, get tough and say, we're not going to purchase your oil, and that's really going to hurt Russia and it's going to hurt their bottom line and drive their economy into a recession and stop the invasion in Ukraine and on and on. Well, guess what? China continued to snap up Russian energy products last month, including a record quantity of crude oil. So China just replaced whatever the need Russia had with, uh, you know, the the Chinese's uh, money. Their purchases last month, $7.47 $7.47 billion, about $1 billion more than what they spent in April and double that of a year ago. So, um, you know, the, the increase in shipments came as the war in Ukraine entered a fourth month. China's total imports from Russia accelerated in the month of May, surging 80 percent to $10.27 billion. So Beijing just continues to offer support for uh, Putin and for Russia in general. So this whole thing that, oh, they're going to go bankrupt and it's not going to work out is baloney. I mean, you know, Russia overtook the Saudis as China's main oil source. That's how much money the Chinese Communist Party is giving to their friend, uh, well, kind of an ally, I guess I should say, uh, Russia. So it's just creating havoc. 
Um, and then, of course, Germany and all of their wisdom with, uh, you know, doing the natural gas pipeline under the Baltic Sea and relying on Russia. Who came up with that idea? You have to ask. I mean, it had to be some greenie, somebody that didn't know what they were doing or they were in the tank for somebody making money on the back end of this. But, you know, obviously Germany's in trouble with energy. They're going to restart their coal-fired power plants. And they're, they're actually offering incentives to citizens to cut back on their nat- natural gas consumption. So over in Berlin, man, they're worried. They're worried that when it gets cold this winter, they're going to have serious problems, all because of stupid energy policies that, again, have been uh, put forward as part of this climate agenda that the elitist and corrupt politicians are involved in and support and are forcing through. You know what? Just here in the United States over the last couple weeks, the Biden administration has delayed multiple oil and gas lease sales. That was for the second time because you've got these protests going on. So the Bureau of Land Management the agency that's uh, tasked with overseeing oil and gas development on public lands, our lands, public lands, that's our lands, announced the dates for three lease sales slated for New Mexico, Colorado, and Wyoming to take place at the end of this month. Those three sales had already been rescheduled once before for the same reason. What's the reason? Well, According to um, uh, the lawsuits and protests by the National Environmental Policy Act, they uh, these people will have to be able to do a study. So these groups are led by the Western Environmental Law Center and also the Sierra Club joined this. Um, where do you think they're getting their money? Now, granted, there are a lot of, uh, you know, greenies out there that, uh, you know, have drank the Kool-Aid, you know, maybe got the tattoo, whatever it might be, that they think they're saving the world. The whole time they're hurting the poor the most. And they're just destroying the, uh, the the poor people and those on fixed income, single moms out there. Where do you think their money comes from, though? Because of us having to purchase so much oil from countries that don't like us, and now we're begging. I mean, it's hilarious. They won't even take these guys' phone call. But who do you think's behind all this? Where is that money coming from for all the protests, for all the lawsuits? I bet you Putin, Xi Jinping, that's where, the, that's where a ton of money is behind these efforts, how they get funded. Because then, again, we just have to buy our oil like we were until previously from Russia, from the Saudis, from the corrupt oil cartel, OPEC. You know, so since taking office, Biden canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, rolled back uh, exploration in Alaska, and pushed for these ridiculous green energy subsidies. So he's declared war on America's traditional and proven 
energy companies and workers. Let's remember the workers. You know, when we were talking on the program a year and a half ago when they canceled the XL, I was mentioning when that got shut down and all those workers were put out of work, what happened to the local diner, to the barber shop? All of the other businesses that were prop, uh, profiting from that, benefiting from that, got put to the wayside. I mean, they were shutting down. So literally declared war on, like I said, our traditional improving energy companies and workers. This fake climate green renewable power control and money grab by these people like Biden and John Kerry, those types of people of the world. I mean, they're just driving a tomato steak right through the heart of hardworking Americans. We were energy independent. We had gas below $2 a gallon. We had an economy that was red hot organically, not from spending money, but from real organic growth. We had record low unemployment, especially for blacks and ladies. And it, you know, didn't matter where you were, if you dropped out of high school, had a high school diploma, went to college, got a doctorate, all those numbers were better. And if anybody says that's not true in the government, which they are, it's your numbers. It's the Bureau of Labor Statistics. It's the Labor Department. It's the Commerce Department. So be careful when you deny that things weren't as good as what they were. It doesn't help that the Energy Secretary Granholm warned that the nation would continue to feel the sting of price shocks if it did not break its dependence on fossil fuels. Once again, Granholm said that the nation would feel price shocks so long as it remains Overly reliant on oil, you can't fix stupid. I mean, I'm not even going to – I don't care that she is a big investor in EV batteries, electric vehicle batteries, and all that other – I don't care, whatever. You know, do, do you have conflicts? Yeah, you do. You know, you're a hypocrite. But that's how these, like, all these Obama people, which is a ton of them, that are back in office again, that's how they work. They're hypocrites. So what is she trying to do? Well, she's worrying everybody or trying to worry people. Don't listen to her. Just like Biden. What about the next pandemic? What? The next pandemic? What about a hurricane, she said? This extreme weather. It's going to impact the access on fossil fuels. No, it's not. If you let Our energy sector, if you just get out of the way, just shut up and get out of the way. That's all you have to do. Shut up, get out of the way. I mean, that's too much to ask for, I know, but that's what needs to be done. We've proved we can be energy independent, but you're taking that away or trying to. It's not going to work, by the way. There's no way. If we stopped traditional energy resources today, everything would fail. Everything would fail, and you need to admit that. We're 25, 30, maybe even more years away from the transition that they try to act like 
is going to happen over the next two years. So, um, oh, and then, you know, sticking with energy, I remember I made a note. Uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Yeah, she gets in the energy game, right? She's saying that Biden's administration's policies are not responsible for record high gas prices, record high diesel prices, and that the only way to fix the energy crisis in the medium term, term, excuse me, which she didn't define that, is to move towards renewables to address climate change. That's their answer to everything. They don't care that you're paying 480, 490. 510 a gallon for gas or you're paying 570 or 6 bucks for diesel fuel they don't care they don't care about you they don't care about all the pain that they're inflicting on those that can handle it the least right i mean that's really what we're talking about the poor fixed income single moms People that have to put gas in their car. People that are struggling to put food on their table. Or maybe not going to see the doctor. Or maybe not getting a um, prescription refilled. You know, other people don't have to worry about that. They've got some reserves. Although we're seeing people are burning through savings. And we're seeing the uh, activity on credit cards go up. That's never a good sign. That's for sure. Let me get a quick break in here. Just want to remind you our latest white paper, Creating Your Retirement Recipe, how interest rates play a role. We just had the interest rate increase uh, last week. We've got another Fed meeting coming up uh, in about a month where they're going to raise interest rates there. So um, this is a good, uh, good white paper for you to help understand how the increase in interest rates is going to impact your uh, retirement plan and and just the situation of being in retirement. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and um, you can just, it's on the homepage, just click. It's a complimentary download, goes right to your email. Keeps a hand on a gun, can't trust anyone. I was so sure that what I needed was more. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and uh, you can listen to the Your Financial Editor program um, right there as a podcast. So, yeah, I was talking right before the uh, the, the break there that Janet Yellen, she was uh, on uh, ABC this week. I think it was last Sunday. And uh, she was asked to respond to a statement by the American Petroleum Institute, which said the Biden's administration's misguided policy agenda shifting away from uh, domestic oil and natural gas has uh, compounded inflationary pressures and added headwinds to companies' daily efforts to meet growing energy needs. And she fired back saying that these historically high gas prices have nothing to do with policies 
and are a re, and are reflective of low producing oil companies. Now she knows that's not true, right? That's one of the the ten. Thou shalt not lie. She knows that's not true. They declared war on the American energy sector. And now they're acting like you need to ramp up production. You need to start drilling. I just told you about those uh, drilling leases that are being held up by the crazy environmental greenies. And again, who's backing them? (laughs) You have to wonder. Um, And she's acting like, yeah, you know, that's that's all you have to do is just they need to refine more. I mean, how what's it been 20 or 30 years since we built a refinery here? You look at a company, even to upgrade a refinery, the the millions and millions and millions of dollars that it would take. You want to do it? You want to spend that money when you, you've basically been put on notice that we're going to try to put you out of, out of business? Are banks going to loan? That's a whole other issue, by the way, with the stupid ESG, environmental social governance. They're trying to make it so banks get punished. If they loan money to uh, energy companies for exploration and development, et cetera. So isn't that just the stupidest thing in the world? By the way, the uh, Association of uh, – or I mean the American Petroleum uh, Institute, that 10-step plan that they released, I was on that conference call. It's just common sense. That's all they were talking about. It was only – I think I was on for 30, 35 minutes – I listened to what was part from the president, who's been a guest on here before, uh, Mr. Summers, and then one of their VPs. Simple 10-point plan, common sense, bring energy back online that we have here, just unleash it like we did before, energy prices plummet, fantastic going to the uh, you know to the gas station compared to what we're doing now and we're back in business and you know she's saying yelling saying the only way is the climate agenda stick with that um, and then of course the the uh, gas tax holiday that's just stupid uh, I mean even you know Obama was on um, recorded I I heard it that he was making fun of that and called it a gimmick back when he was trying to figure out what to do with energy, which really he wasn't much better than than Biden. I mean, I always laugh. I remember when asked about, hey, you know, what are you going to do about these high energy prices? Gas prices are going up. And Obama just showed what a novice he he was and actually still is. But he said, make sure your uh, tires are properly inflated to maximize that gas mileage. Okay, I mean, most people do that anyway, right? When you get your oil changed or if the alarm comes up that you're, you know, you have a tire that's low on air. But that's their, that's the, like I said, it's novice um, as far as how they address things and and their answers to them. They're just terrible uh, for sure. Um, And like I I had mentioned that uh, Jerome Powell was um, on the hot seat both, Wednesday and Thursday of this week, uh, first before the Senate Banking Committee and then before the House Financial Services Committee. But, you know, he went 
from the inflation is transitory when we all knew it wasn't, called it out well over a year ago. I guess we're about 15 months now. Uh, but they stuck to it. Now it's transitory. It's not a big deal. We're going to keep interest rates at zero. Oh, by the way, we're also going to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every single month in the bond market so we can help prop up uh, the financial markets as well. So these people aren't dumb. So what, what was it? It's one of two things. One, it was solely so he could try to get reappointed by Biden. So President Trump appointed him originally. His four-year four term, four term just ended. He needed to get reappointed, and he did. Is that because he didn't do anything with interest rates and with all that spending of money? Or two, for whatever reason, politically, it's better for him to stay at the Fed than to leave, which he could have done. He, if he had done the right thing and they didn't reappoint him, then I, I would give him all the credit in the world. But when he left, folks, you have to understand, when these Federal Reserve chairmans, when they leave, they get tons of money as advisors and consultants to many companies. I'm talking millions and millions and millions of dollars. So why is it so much better to stay at the Fed? Why not do the right thing and leave? It really makes you wonder what the true motives are and uh, who's pulling those strings behind the curtain as well. But, yeah, so he went from uh, transitory to expeditiously, it's, which is laughable, and they're going to do everything it takes, and they're totally committed, and, you know, they're all about inflation now. Their target for inflation is 2%. In May, the consumer price index was 8.6. So I'm just asking you, if you were the Federal Reserve chairman and your target is 2 by the way, you only have two mandates by Congress, price stability, which means keeping inflation in check, and full employment, trying to keep the economy as healthy as possible so you have as many people employed as possible. All right, so price stability targets 2% for inflation. It was under 2% when Biden took over, okay? All of a sudden, reports are coming out showing it increasing. Let's just say it's at 4% now or when it was at 4%, what would you do? If you're double your target, wouldn't you try to throw a wet blanket on inflation to settle things down? Much less when it got to 6% or 8%. This is not just a miscalculation. It's a train wreck. And they have done a terrible terrible job and you know he's talking about how they care about the american families uh, i don't know I, again i think people get too concerned about getting reappointed or reelected so many of the politicians and the bureaucrats live inside the beltway bubble and they just don't have americans and their families first and foremost and that's the way it needs to be it really really does so um we'll just keep pointing it out and hopefully uh, these uh, people that voted for the bogus infrastructure bill, uh, for example, 
and then which was not about hardly about infrastructure. And then you look at, um, you know, some of these other votes and the other uh, political posturing that's taken place. Hopefully they get ousted. Be done with them. Get people in there that really care about you and your families and America and the Constitution, and things will be fine. They'll be fine. Twitter's board unanimously recommended that its shareholders vote to approve Elon Musk, that $44 billion offer to acquire Twitter and take it private. So uh, basically what we see is that um, if this happens and Musk follows through, the deal, it should be closed in 2022. But in addition to shareholder approval, which we just got, Musk said that he's got to get his debt financing for the deal in order and finalized. And um, he also still wants to know or have some type of resolution to this dispute with Twitter over the total percentage of spam and fake accounts on the platform, which he said is a very significant matter. So Twitter maintains that less than 5% of their users are fake accounts. Musk believes the figure is at least 20%. You may remember a couple weeks ago, I, I mentioned an independent analysis that was done by a firm. They came up with, I think it was 14.7. It was over 14% of fake accounts. So um, this deal has a $1 billion walk away for either side. So if Musk doesn't go through, he's supposed to pay a billion. If Twitter doesn't follow through, they're going to pay or supposed to pay a billion, which they've, like I said, they've just recommended the vote. They're going to have a special meeting for it. So it really puts a lot of pressure on Musk. And I'll have to say, for as smart as the guy is, um, which I'm not a Musk fan because of his transhumanism baloney, but he's super smart and, you know, um, why wouldn't he have done that due diligence on the fake accounts before he made the offer and committed himself? That, doesn't that seem odd? Uh, that was a big, I think, a big mistake for him. Creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role. Um, that's our latest white paper. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and um, I think that'll help you with your uh, financial and retirement planning uh, give you some some good pointers, some good things to think about and to consider, especially in this crazy uh, stock market volatility and inflationary period. Uh, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role in that. And we're looking at economic data when we come back. Pour me, pour me another drink, because I don't want to feel a thing no more, hell no. Wanna sip till the pain wears off. Pour me, pour me another round. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and uh, you can listen to the program there. As far as the economic data uh, this week, uh, not a, a ton of it, but, you know, some important stuff. We saw existing home sales. Uh, they fell for the fourth straight month in May. Um, and also we saw prices hit a record high above 400,000. So existing home sales were down 3.4% uh, in May from where they were in April. That was according to the National Association of Realtors. Meanwhile, the median existing home price was a record $407,600, up about 15% from a year ago, and prices increased across all regions nationwide. And that marked 123 consecutive months of year-over-year price gains for the longest streak of increases on record, according to the National Association of Realtors. And what we heard, um, the number of homes sold has essentially returned to pre-virus levels seen in 2019 after two years of just gangbuster performance, according to the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist Lawrence Young, um, noting that further sales declines should be expected in the upcoming months as rising mortgage rates add to affordability challenges in the housing market. So, um, So just get this. An interesting fact I saw, less than 46% of homes for sale nationwide are affordable on a $2,500 monthly budget at a 6% interest rate. So that's down nearly 62% that would be affordable if rates were still at 3%. That just goes to show how many people are priced out of the market now because of those higher interest rates and also because of the extremely high prices for the housing. So something's got to give, right? And interest rates aren't going to be coming down. They're going to go up. So you would think that these housing prices are going to have to moderate after just phenomenal numbers. Um, And that's what we saw in the existing home sales, you know, that even though sales were down, the record prices were up. Now, yesterday we saw that sales of new U.S. single-family homes unexpectedly rose in the month of May. So they were up 10.7%. Um, same story, you know, where people are having a harder time um, because of the higher interest rates. But, you know, mixed numbers there from existing versus new. We also saw initial jobless claims for state unemployment benefits fell 2000 last week to a reading of 229,000. So the good news is they fell. The bad news is they were still higher than what economists were looking for. And I think it was the end of April was the latest number we have. There were 11.4 million job openings at the end of that month of April with nearly two openings for every unemployed person. What are these people doing? You have to wonder, right? Why are people not working? They sure should be. There's a ton of jobs out there. You can negotiate your salary uh, very easily, get extra perks, and yet, you know, um, you still have all these unfilled jobs. 
Something else that came out that did catch my attention. Um, it's not talked about a lot. Uh, geeky people like me watch it. Um, the U.S. or excuse me, the S&P global uh, flash composite output index. So it's global, not U.S. Fell to a reading of 51.2 this month of June. It's the lowest we've seen since January. Um, you know, it, it is at five-year, or excuse me, five-month low. And the reason it's worrisome is because we saw things slow down both in manufacturing and the service sector. So that's not good. Um, the, the chief um, business economist at S&P Global said the survey's deteriorating uh, forward-looking indicators set the stage for an economic contraction in the third quarter, he said. So um, that's not what we want to hear. But again, you know, I, I did want to share it with you because it showed um, it's, it's widely followed by uh, people in the profession. And um, it includes manufacturing and non-manufacturing or the services sector. So um, at 51.2, you know, the break even is 50. That's uncomfortably close to that 50 number that would signal contraction, especially with that forward-looking attitude um, deteriorating. So that's really a shame. Creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role. Uh, this is our latest white paper, very timely, because we just had that 75 basis point uh, Three-quarters of a percent interest rate hike. Looks like we're going to get another one, half of a print, uh, either a half or three-quarters. Uh, that's um, the last week of July, so that'll be here before we know it. So I think this will help you. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and right there on the homepage, just click the button. It's complimentary. It goes right to your email. Creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role in that. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about the importance of having a financial and retirement plan, especially with what we're dealing with. Outside of this one church town, there's a golden dirt road to a whole lot of nothing. Got a deed to the land, to the land, but it ain't my ground. This is God's country. Pray for rain and thank him when it's falling Cause it brings the grain and the little bit of money We put it back in the plate, I guess That's why they call it God's country I wanna rock! Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can check it out there, re-listen to it, uh, or let someone else know about it if you find it um, interesting, informative, uh, to help you with achieving your financial success. Uh, that's why I do what I do. So, um Everybody is really having a hard time, as we've said, for the most part, um, with inflation, all of the increases and the price pressure they're dealing with. Then you throw on top of that the financial markets uh, down uh, anywhere from 15 to 30 percent with the major indices um, and people just not feeling comfortable. 
I'm not a big poll person, as you know, but every single poll practically you look at shows that people are not comfortable with um, this show of lack of leadership. They don't appreciate that. They're not comfortable with the policies. Um, they don't feel good about going forward as far as their, um, you know, their future outlook. Uh, just a lot of pain, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety out there. And it, what it does, I think, is if you look for that silver lining, is it, it helps enforce the importance of planning. Because when you take the time to do your financial and retirement planning, and to do it properly, by the way, so it's customized just for you, um, when times like this arise, you feel a lot better. So you know that with the the time and energy that you put into the plan, um, it's got a a, a really uh, positive outcome when you're in difficult times like people are uh, right now. I was on a call with a client of mine, uh, chief operating officer up in Pittsburgh, um, and we were talking about the importance of that, the planning that we had done from uh, for him and his family. And um, he just really like had a big sigh of relief. He was really glad that he did it. And um, it was showing the fruits of the labor basically right now. So that's why it's important because Instead of being caught up in this 24-hour, seven days a week news cycle of, you know, the sky is falling and the world's going to end and everything's going to heck in a handbasket, you can actually have that calmness and say, well, wait a minute, let me go back to my plan. Oh, yeah, okay, that's why we have this, that's why we have that. Um, so, do you know why things are, are structured? So, again, if you're concerned about potential issues surrounding your retirement, um, the best thing to do is to sit down and go over and create that plan and put your life on paper and know that um, that it's going to work out. Look, I mean, folks are in retirement these days, 20, 30, 40 years, right? So it's I think it's even more important than ever that you want to have a plan and make sure things are uh, properly structured for you and your family. Uh, because there's that terrible question that so many people worry about and ask themselves that echo in their mind, will I outlive my retirement income? I mean, that's a scary, scary thing. Will I have to move back in or will I have to move in with my son or daughter or grandchildren? Right? Most people were like, I don't want to do that. I like my life the way it is. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. Well, the best way to make sure, and the good news to that, is that you can get that clearer picture and, and again, see what your financial and retirement plan looks like. Now, look, it's, it's not the snap of a finger, right? It's not easy. You have to sit down a few different times. What we do is, you know, our first meeting is the first draft. Let's take a look at this. Where are we? Do we include everything properly? Do we leave anything out? The assumptions, are they proper? How about the risk tolerance? Do you have too much risk? Not enough? You know, what suits you? Not everybody's an investor. 
Not everybody wants to have money in the market. They're savers. There's nothing wrong with that. You just have to make sure that no matter how you're structured, you're not going to outlive your retirement income. And it's not the, don't get into the whole lump sum illusion. Oh, I have X. I think I should be fine. Well, guess what? Depending on what you, how you're positioned this year, X could have changed quite a bit. So that lump sum illusion can get people really backed into a corner. So by having all of the, you know, by analyzing things and making sure that you have what you need in place, you're so much closer to that positive outcome that you want. And, and now you're not guessing about it. You're not guessing what your financial future looks like. It's right there. Know what your Social Security is going to be. If you've got a pension, you know what that's going to be. The pension has a cost of living increase. You know what your 401K, 403B, TSP, you know what all those things are, your IRAs, your non-retirement accounts, your bank accounts. You know exactly what your monthly cash flow is. You know what your outflows are because, again, we account for everything. We don't just lump it and say, okay, we're spending $5,000 or $6,000 a month. You don't want to do that. You want to itemize. And then you want to have the proper inflation number for each. Some things have a higher inflation number, like health care. So you want to make sure that you're accounting for that so that your expenses are inflating every year. And that's how you know that your assets and your retirement income is going to keep up with those inflating costs and that you're going to be fine. But what if you're not? What if we call it redlining? What if you, it shows in the plan if you redline and that you are going to run out of money? Wouldn't you rather know now so you can make some adjustments? Again, through math and science, make those adjustments and see what those adjustments do. If they push out that red line or eliminate it totally so you don't have to worry about outliving your retirement income. You know, to answer those important questions, to take out the uncertainty, to not have that unnecessary worry or anxiety about, am I really going to be able to live the retirement that I want to live? Am I going to be able to do the things I want to do? And then, of course, you talk about legacy. Once you move on to bigger and better things, how are you going to impact the people you love and the things you care about? Those are all really, really important questions. You know, will you have enough retirement income? Will you be able to live the lifestyle that you want, not penny pension? Will you have positive impact? on your family legacy or charitable organization that you care about. Those are all really, really important. And again, I'll tell you, when you know the answer to those, I've been doing this for 33 years. 
when you actually help people with this planning, you see their sigh of relief. As I mentioned about that uh, chief operating officer, they just he leaned back in his chair and we were on video uh, meeting, just leaned back in his chair and said, I'm so happy that we did everything and we did it correctly. Um, and like I said, now it's the fruit from the labor because you don't have to worry and stress. So um, we're here to help you. You can give us a call. Uh, go to the website, too. Uh, go there. Um, creating your retirement recipe, how interest rates play a role. Uh, very, very important. That's our latest white paper. So just go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and it's right on the home page there. Um, and it uh, it talks about some of the other things we've done. And I'm not, I'll have to look. I'm not sure if we have links to the articles that I've written for Kiplinger and Forbes and the others, but... Um, uh, if if not, and you want some inf- more information on inflation, or I wrote one uh, that was just published a month or so ago about the opportunity for young people in this jobs market. If they get in, they work hard, they pay their dues, and they have access to these retirement plans and, and uh, matching money and other benefits, how wonderful it is for them. So maybe you'll find that to be helpful uh, to your children or grandchildren as well. But go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and uh, like I said, you can just click on Get My Copy for our latest white paper, Creating Your Retirement Recipe, How Interest Rates Play a Role. That's at murrayfinancialgroup.com. And um, I will talk with you on the Morning News Express with my friends Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. We talk live every weekday morning at 5.50, 6.50, and uh, have an update from the previous day and kind of lay out, uh, set the table, if you will, for what's coming up uh, that day um, after, you know, we're done speaking and, and the markets open up and things get going. Um, and then we'll be back here uh, next weekend for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. So uh, this is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. The 930 WFMD Job Hunt. An organization is now hiring an accounting assistant to join their growing team. If you're hardworking and dedicated, LGS Accounting Services is the perfect place to get ahead. You'll be glad you applied to LGS Accounting Services. Your responsibilities would be to support duties related to accounts payable and receivable, analyze financial information, research and resolve discrepancies in a timely manner, maintain confidentiality of all financial data, and schedule internal and external meetings. An organization is looking for an office manager who will be a full-charge bookkeeper for two main entities, basic HR duties of coordinating outsourced payroll and contract labor, employee documentation and benefits, management and leadership experience is desirable. More details at WFMD.com. Job Hunt from Frederick County Workforce Services and News Radio 930 WFMD. News Radio 930 WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.